Hello everyone. Hello everyone. In today's episode, we have a Latina joining us and I'm really excited. Her name is Paulina Castellón. Do follow her at uh, Paulina Castellón if you don't already. We will have the link to her handle in our episode description or somewhere on when we put this up. Yes. Give her a check out. She yes. is super super cool. Um Paulina is an environmental health and safety engineer and she attended California State University in Northridge and she received a bachelor of science in a bachelor of science in environmental occupational health and a minor as well in industrial hygiene. She's currently pursuing her masters in safety management and system flight safety engineering at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Aeronautical. That was really hard. I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> I actually find that word so hard. <laughs> and she has been in the environmental health and safety or ESH or she, there's lots of acronyms for it, for close to 10 years. She is the first generation Latina, Chicana and proud <laughs> esteminist. She is a strong advocate for environmental policy changes, diversity, equity and inclusion. She's actively involved in the Society of Women Engineers, SWE, Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, SHPE, and Women in Safety Excellent, which is WISE. Oh, okay. That's a cool acronym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really excited to have her. There's a lot of insight, especially about her profession, because we didn't really know Not much, much about yeah. what an environmental health and safety engineer did yeah but um, she has worked with some really cool names nasa yes. and boeing and just big companies really that huge. Yeah. we are really interested to know more about and you're just gonna find out so you're gonna be really interested by this one as well so exactly <laughs> and yeah without further ado please paulina introduce yourself my name is Paulina Castrayon. I am an environmental health and safety engineer. I've been working in the environmental health and safety slash industrial hygiene field for 10 years now. Wow, <laughs> 10 years. Um, I currently work in aerospace. I work with supporting Lockheed Martin. I also support with NASA projects, but I've worked in numerous amount of industries from construction, chemical manufacturing, pharmaceutical, agriculture, horticultural, I mean, the list goes on. So I'm currently in aerospace and I've been in aerospace now for three, four years now and I really enjoy aerospace and actually I'm currently getting my graduate's degree, my master's degree in engineering dedicated towards aerospace and system safety engineering for aeronautics and it's just been a wonderful challenge and opportunity and learning experience and I'm very excited to be chatting with you ladies today. That's Thank so you. incredible, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It must have been an incredible experience working with all these, like, I suppose, big names in essence. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. We yeah. keep some questions for you. Oh, How yeah. You, like, starting the engineering industry, where did the passion come from and what was your first job? Oh, so this is a good one. Okay. I say, so I'm a first generation Latina. And no one in my family um, went to college. So no one in my family is an engineer or in STEM, like nadie. So like my mom's from Uruguay, my father's from Mexico. And so when they came to this country, it was like, look, all you have to do is get good grades, go to school and like, just do good things, be a good person. But nobody told me that I would be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer. I have a brother, we're a year apart, but I'll, again, this is maybe a culture thing. So in a Latino culture, or Latinx culture, todos los hombres, like all the men, it's like, they're going to be grand. They're going to be great. So for my brother, it was like, he's going to be the doctor. He's going to be the engineer. He's going to be the lawyer. But what about me? There was never like, you could do that. I didn't, you know, I've always said representation matters. You cannot be what you cannot see. And as a little girl, I no one told me that I could do this. And I didn't know what it was. So when I enrolled into college, I enrolled actually with public relations and communication. I actually wanted to work in TV and work for Telemundo, Univision, which are like Spanish channels here in the United States. And I grew up speaking Spanish. Uh, Spanish is my first language. So to me, it was like, yeah, you know, I'll be the weather girl. You know, I'll just do it all in Spanish. And then I learned, um, I had to take an elective and it was actually related towards civil engineering and it was re related towards um, soil and construction and civil work, but it was on the environmental side. And I thought this class was so inter interesting. And I remember talking to the professor, like, what is this? And he's like, oh, this is engineering. What is engineering? Like, I've never heard of it. And he thought I was like, where have you been? You know, and instantly he was 
okay, this is what it is. Let me talk to you about it. And the next day I switched my major. I think I was like a junior at the time. Yeah. So I switched my major. So he was like, are you ready? Like, cause you're going to take physics and thermo and calculus. I was like, okay, let's go for it. <laughs> and I did it. And it was, oh my God, it was freaking hard. I hate thermodynamics and OCHEM kicked my butt, but I did it. And one thing that I learned instantly, like, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it more here. You know, I was like a lot of times the only Latina in my class, the only woman in my class, male dominated field with all male professors. You know, I didn't have a lot of support because my family didn't really understand because they don't know what it is and they never went through it, but they were supportive in the sense that they wanted me to succeed and they wanted me to go through it. But I couldn't go home and ask my mom and dad help for calculus and physics because they don't know, you know, so I had to do all of these obstacles and challenges by myself. And during this process, I learned a lot about myself, but I also loved, you know, I told myself at the end, like, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. And as soon as I graduated, and, and a quick tip to anyone who's listening who's a student, start applying to jobs six months before your graduation date, okay? Like, helpful tips. Six months before your graduation date, start getting on LinkedIn, start going on Glassdoor, Indeed, like, just start putting out your resumes, your uh, cover letters, because it will prepare you for when graduation hits, at least you have some interviews aligned. And like, that's what I did. So my very first job was working for um, a corporation that was specifically in horticultural and agricultural, uh, which is in farming, doing safety engineering and environmental engineering work. So it was a really wonderful opportunity because I got to travel all around the United States. I had never really left California before. So now I was in like Boston, Florida, I was in New York, I was in Vermont, Connecticut. I went like all over the like United States doing engineering and safety work. So I would do uh, water sampling and testing, soil testing, construction, excavation work, farming and checking pesticides and chemical safety. So I got this opportunity of like, oh my God, I always wanted to travel and here I am doing it and working. And I did that for quite some time. And then I did something else, you know, and that was just the beginning. That was just kind of like the stepping stone. It's quite a journey. Um, I suppose <laughs> what I'm really curious about is, um, like you said, like between your brother and yourself, like there was a difference just because culturally there is. How did you find, you know, um, having that lack of direction, like you were your own leader in essence, in a way, like, you know, how did you find that goal setting and trying to figure out your own way when no one expects anything of you? It's the hardest thing, you know? Like, yeah. it is hard when there's big expectations, but when you just, no one thinks you'll amount to anything. How, I think how did for that... me, the biggest thing, and I'm learning now as an, you know, an adult in my th early 30s, what pushes me is proving people wrong. So when I was a young girl, people didn't think that I could do it. And my mentality was like, I don't know, like the Latina in me, like Javis, like, just watch me, you know, like, watch me. You think I can't do it? Watch me. And I did it. And there were many people who said, like, I couldn't be an engineer. There were many people who said I couldn't get in aerospace. There were people who told me I would never work for NASA. There were people who told me I could never work at Lockheed. There were people who told me that I could never do the things I'm doing today. But oh, look at me now. I'm doing it. You know, that's my drive. I've always told myself, I don't care what other people tell me because those are words of affirmation and words of affirmation are beautiful. I love the support. I need the support. Everybody needs support and community. But you have to have the fire inside of you to tell yourself every day when you wake up you want it for you because if I'm doing it for somebody else I'm never going to be happy right you're just walking on this earth to just please people and make other people happy and that's not good do it because you want to do it and that's the little fire in me like I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to do it <laughs> <laughs> if that's so even good. the Such one takeaway good. anyone takes from this like that is worth it <laughs> to do it to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> believe in yourself. Like it's it's very hard. <laughs> it's very scary. It is. <laughs> yeah, and we go through life. I mean, yeah. I'm sure we all have our own personal things going on. People are, you know, not just school, but financial things, breakups, relationships, family, whatever. And at the end of the day, you just have to make sure that you're always thinking about yourself and you never give up on yourself. So I I would like to ask you how, like, your experience was. Um, working for NASA. I want to know all about it. But first, your work title is 
an environmental health and safety officer. What do they do? Yeah, so I'm so glad that you asked. So an environmental health and safety engineer, it can also be called a safety engineer. They go by ESH or SHE or safety. Like they have all different types of names. But essentially my role in my job as an environmental health and safety engineer is to protect the public and employees, employers, everyone, a corporation, from hazards. So um, perfect example. Okay, we're gonna, You guys are civil engineers, so hopefully you guys have maybe kind of been involved with some construction, maybe around construction. Well, when you're around construction, right, you have to do breaking ground. You're going to do excavation. Well, when you do some excavation, you remove the soil. Sometimes soil, there's different types of soil. Some of that soil can also contain either type of VOCs, some particles. Maybe you might hit a gas line and it might have some fumes that could make people sick. There's PPE. All of those things that are integrated to protect the environment and to protect employees that's my job. I look into that. I look into from a safety aspect, from an environmental aspect, and from an occupational health aspect. Now in aerospace, what's related, because I particularly work with airplanes, airplanes, I'm, I have to look at the design of the airplane, but also the people who are working on the airplane. So let's say I have Jane Doe. He's a mechanic. He works on an airplane every day, but he's also exposed to acetone. Well, I have to tell Jane Doe, don't forget to wear the gloves because the acetone is going to eat at your hand. You know, wear the right PPE. Jane Doe is using a hammer all the time. That's repetitive motion. It's going to cause wear and strain on the body, which is an ergonomic or human factors process. So we'll do employee rotation or we'll do an engineering control and design a new mechanism so that repetitive motion gets designed. Or, you know what, sometimes when you do welding, we work on metals. Weldings create fumes and sometimes that requires air permits for city and local regulations. So essentially... I do a little bit of everything and making sure that people stay safe, we follow the rules, we stay in compliant, and that safety's number one, quality's being done, and we exceed in production. I always say no matter where you go, you have to have the three effect, production, quality, and safety. And no matter what company you work for, they're always going to say we strive in safety. So essentially, that's my job is to strive the culture of safety. Super, super important, to be honest, <laughs> especially because I think in construction, uh, people just do this every day and they sort of get complacent about it, mm -hmm. you know, and don't take it very seriously. Have you ever seen that going really south? All the time. That's my job. Oh. <laughs> my job <laughs> every day. I mean, my job is to go work in dangerous areas and fix it. Like I will literally go somewhere. A perfect example. I worked in an area um I won't say where, but there was a scenario where uh, it's a clean room lab. So in a clean room lab, you have to wear a bunny suit. You can't have food or drinks in the clean room due to the fact of cross-contamination and for safety reasons too. Well, there was an individual who decided to take their water bottle in the lab. Not supposed to do that, but she did. She put the water bottle on the table and she also had a bottle of acetone next to it. Guess what? She drank the acetone because she got confused which bottle was which. Now, she's okay because the acetone that she drank, as soon as it went in her mouth, she spat it out. But this is why we make rules and policies of the no food and drinks inside a lab. Okay, you have to follow the safety rules for these reasons. Not only that, you know, uh, the other thing is proper labeling. You'll hear this too if you work in a lab. Everything needs to have a label. Well, her acetone bottle didn't have a label, so she just thought it was her water bottle. She's okay, you know, knock on wood, but little things like that. We're human, humans, human error, human factors. We make mistakes, but this is why we make rules and implementation in place. So you follow them. When you don't follow the rules, things happen, right? But you're in a, well, male-dominated industry. Yes. Um, you're pushing for something that's not that, you know, accepted. Like people in construction don't really like to be told what to do. You're trying to push your safety and that's like delaying their timelines. So have you like personally faced any bullying or misogyny or harassment in the industry, would you say? Almost definitely. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Actually, like yesterday. <laughs> it is so, okay. It is a male-dominated field, yes, and I don't want to scare anyone because not every job is the same and not every man or woman, okay, is the same. And I have been mansplained, I have been 
you know, gone through sexual harassment. I have had, you know, multiple encounters from men and women. So in two situations, let me explain this to anyone who's listening. If you're someone maybe who's going through this currently at work or, you know, kind of fearful, what do I do in those situations? I need you to document everything. Paper trail is key. So in one of my very first jobs, I actually had to leave it due to sexual harassment. I had a male colleague of mine, much older, and I was very young. I think at the time I was only 22 or 23, so I didn't know better. This was my first job. I had no idea, no no experience. And this gentleman was an older gentleman, maybe in his late 50s, married kids, and he would always make comments about, my figure of my body or he would make comments about like oh if his wife died he would love to marry a 22 year old and like wink at me he would always stand right behind me like I could feel him breathing down my neck you know it was very very uncomfortable but unfortunately when I would go to this company and tell the HR HR didn't do anything instead they would just kind of throw it under the rug and be like well just talk to him talk to him and I was a young girl, like at 22, not a young girl, but young woman. I didn't know how, like, how, what do I say to this man? Like, excuse my French, but like, get the fuck off me. You know, like, how do you approach that? What do you do in that situation? So now that I'm in my early thirties, this is what you do. Cause now I know what to do. Cause yes, it does happen. And I need you to stand up for yourself. So if I were to tell younger Paulina, here's the advice, get a piece of pen and paper out right now. You're going to, the minute it happens, don't laugh, don't giggle, don't have the nervous, like, <laughs> literally turn around and just say, excuse me, you know, please respect my bubble. And you can say it nicely, please respect my bubble. Everybody has a bubble. You can even tell that person if they say an inappropriate thing to you and everyone's laughing, all you have to say is, why was that funny? Make them feel uncomfortable. Ask them, why was that funny? Because guess what? They're going to tell you, oh, uh, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's not funny. And don't laugh at it. Don't accept it and document it. Write down on a personal notebook or write down in your email, like your work email, but BCC your personal email address to yourself to keep track of the date, the time when this person did something or say something. Because the thing is, you're going to go to your HR and your ethics office, and this is just how corporations work. They're going to ask, do you have proof? Yes, you do. That's when you're going to pull up your emails or your notebook and you're going to say, I'm so glad that you asked because on April 4th at 8 a.m., Michael said, and that's when you're going to have it. Okay. And another thing too, it's really good if you have any witnesses in the office, maybe if there's another like female colleague that you work with, ask her, Hey, would you mind so-and-so? Like he said this to me, would you be my witness? And a lot of times most women will have each other's back and, and, and absolutely. Right. So And in another case too, like let's say your HR doesn't support you, you can go a step further. It's called the EEO, the Equal Employment Opportunity. And I'm sure in Australia they have something very similar. There are recognized globally and you can go and talk to them about these situations that happen in work. And also, you know what, do not stay quiet. I And I know it's easier said than done, but finding your voice, finding the courage. If you can't talk to someone at work, talk to a friend at work. Bring it up to someone. If you don't want to talk about it, have that person at work say to your supervisor, to your boss, or to your leader what's going on. Because there's no worse feeling than going to work every day and feeling scared or feeling uncomfortable, or not wanting to be there because someone is making you feel uncomfortable. You need to always remember that you deserve to be there. You deserve to be in the room. You got hired for a reason. You're 100% qualified. Don't let imposter syndrome get the best of you, and don't let somebody fear tact you to leaving, right? So you have to really find that inner voice, and it's hard. I mean, at 22, 23, I had no idea what to do, what to say, but now, like, now I know, like, and if you need help, find me on Instagram. My name is Paulina Castrillon. I will help you and walk you through this process because it is still hard today. Hmm. That is really inspiring for you to, like, you know, offer that support as well. And definitely very good advice because, yeah, we have a tendency, you know, to laugh things off and to try to, you know, to laugh when you're uncomfortable and unfortunately well, yeah, that coping gives a signal like it's, it's a coping okay. mechanism yeah exactly uh-huh. it's like so that so nervous laugh like you don't know what else to say. it mm-hmm. is yeah you yeah. kind of just want it to go away and you're like someone gonna help yeah you're like yeah. you kind of have to help yourself is anyone hearing this this is ridiculous yeah like that i like the um the respect my bubble um phrase because it's so kind and so you know you're not saying anything rude but you're stating 
facts, like um, respect my personal space, you know? Yeah. I was just wondering, if you were equipped with all this knowledge, would younger um, Paulina have had success with these things? Do you think the person would have, like, backed off? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just I didn't, I didn't know. I was young. You know, when this man was making comments about my figure, right, I would just chuckle and be like, ha, ha, ha. When I probably should have said, hey, that's inappropriate. And guess what? If I would have said, hey, that's inappropriate, he would have probably wouldn't. Who knows? He maybe would have said something else or he probably would have shut up. But I didn't say anything. Mm. Now, today, you know, I've had male colleagues. You know, I recently did um, a presentation on Skype. We have Skype business. Everything's still virtual because of COVID. And so on my Skype, you have my employee photo. And so I did my presentation and after the presentation, I was like, okay, are there any comments, questions, concerns? Uh, if so, let's discuss that. We'll bring it full circle. And one of the co male colleagues said, hey, I know this is not related to the presentation. I've never met you in person, but looking at your picture, you have a beautiful smile. I said, thank you, but that does not pertain to the presentations today. That's my physical appearance. So let's get back to the presentation. Let's discuss about such and such. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, if not, then we'll go ahead and exit the meeting five minutes early and thank you for your time. You know, everyone was quiet, but it's like, guess what? I'm going to make you look like a clown because this is a professional setting. This is a meeting. Thank you. I, I know I have a beautiful smile. Thank you. And, and I'm just going to still acknowledge it. Thank you. But guess what? That does not pertain to today's meeting. Mm -mm. We're not here yeah. to have a meeting about my uh, smile. We're here to delegate and fix some tasks. Such a good reply. So good. I I'm, and the, there was another male colleague who kind of tapped me and was like, and I was like, but <laughs> you know, what do you think? What What did you think I was going to say? Oh, thank you. Let's go get oh, coffee later. Yeah. No, not today. <laughs> not tomorrow. Not, ever. not today, no, Satan. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, we're at work and there's other people around. Like this is this was a meeting. There's like five people on the call, you know? And the and other people taken were away silent. from all the important stuff. Yeah. To me, it tells me, you know, that means you didn't listen to anything that I said. This was an important meeting, an important presentation. And I put a lot of time and effort and work into getting this project presented today. And the only thing you had to tell me was I had a pretty smile. No, we're not mm. going to do that. No, no. And, mm -hmm. and sure enough, you know, I had another male colleague was like, hey, they sent me an email separately. That was a really great presentation. Um, thank you so much. Yada, yada, yada. Wonderful. Thank you. And guess what? I haven't heard from that guy since. And, you know, I and if and I'm sure we will work together, but I promise you this. I know he's not going to comment on my physical appearance again. Because if so, I'll throw it right back at him and be like, let me remind you, we're at work. Yeah. We're here to do work yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. You you said to not let imposter syndrome stop you from like just being, you know, your true self yeah. and to, to honoring what you deserve and just wondering if you have been through, have you had imposter syndrome in the past and how has it affected your performance and also, how were you able to get out of that? Yeah, so imposter syndrome does not go away. I wish I could give you the answer to say, this is what you need to do, and it goes away forever. It doesn't. It doesn't. Imposter syndrome is different for everybody, and it affects everybody. And the only advice I can advise anyone is that you need to work internally on your own individual mental health. And so that's one thing I started doing, I want to say last year. I, you know, I love working out. I love being outside. I love being active. But I started taking care of my mental health. I, you know, go to therapy every week and I love my therapist. She's amazing. And being, you know, I have to remind myself constantly that and with the help of therapy and the, the support of a, having a good community, having good friends, being around positive people who support you and love you is a very important thing. You know, I absolutely still today go through imposter syndrome. Sometimes I have my moments. I'm human. Some days I have good days. Some days I have bad days. Some days I feel like I don't know what I'm saying or I feel like I always have to ask somebody like, does that make sense? Or I always say, I'm sorry. Or I always feel like sometimes maybe I don't deserve to be in the room. Maybe maybe I sound stupid. Maybe they don't hear me. And then I have to remember, time out, time out. 
if I sounded stupid or if I don't make sense or they're not getting it, then, and if they don't correct me or if they don't ask, you know, questions like, hey, can you elaborate? Then that means I do make sense. That means what I'm saying is clear enough, right? Because if they're not asking me to elaborate or, hey, redirect us in a different way, then that is giving me the A-OK that there's no questions or comments or concerns here. I have to also remind myself constantly that I do deserve to be there. I worked hard there. I worked I worked very hard to get where I'm at today and that, you know, I think imposter syndrome gets the best of us being as women. Like, we put so much pressure on ourselves and we have to allow to give ourselves grace and be kind. I know that's something I'm still working every day with myself, like, forgive yourself, give yourself grace. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to take a PTO day and just rest. You know, I have a lot on my plate and we all do, right? But imposter syndrome doesn't really go away. It's how you react to imposter syndrome and how you handle imposter syndrome and doing check-ins with yourself to remind yourself that you deserve the most absolute beautiful things in this world and you're 100% worthy of all of it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I, I really like that because I feel like it gives hope to people. Because I feel like with this um, mental health and especially when you're going through difficult times or when you are in like a healing journey, a lot of people think that there is like an end destination and that sort of like puts pressure on your shoulders as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like imposter syndrome can also be seen that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, one day I won't have it. But as you said, like it... It won't go away um, and you just have to, I guess, cope with it in a healthy manner. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much. That is very true. Um, Paulina, when we approached you on Instagram, you mentioned to me that you took a social media break and if you would like to share with me how, first of all, I really admire that and that you were able to share it so openly. I, I take like my heart off to you just because the whole um, mental health stuff is still seen as a taboo thing. Um, So I just wanted to sort of like ask you, when did you realize you needed time off and how did you go about it? So (sighs) (laughs) I needed, I needed like a social media break because, or like, I guess how I I'm active on social media. I do a lot of STEM outreach. I do, I put myself out there. I put my life out there. I'm, I'm very vulnerable. I put it all out there for people to see that I'm just a normal human being going to work, going to school, living my life just like everybody else, but letting them know that what I have and what I'm doing is 100% attainable. They can do it because a lot of people will think like, oh, Latinas can't be engineers. Yeah, we can. I'm right here. Or, oh, Latinas can't go to graduate school yeah, we can. I'm right here. Or a Latina can't have her own house and cook and do all these things. Yeah, they can. I'm right here. And a Latina too, a woman too, can have a good day and a bad day. Sometimes I post pictures of me crying. I'm, it's, Instagram is only what people want you to see. And people are going to post only their wins on Instagram. And that's great. But I don't want to be like that because I'm a human being. I have good days and I have bad days. And I think the people who follow me, can relate to that because they understand that no, not every day is sugar and rainbows and cupcakes, you know, it's not like that. And so I was going through this uh, time period where I went through a breakup or currently in a breakup. Like I broke up with a boyfriend of mine and I loved him and I cared for him, but unfortunately, you know, things just, it didn't work out. And so we broke up And I'm going to school. I'm on social media. I do a lot of volunteer charity work with SHIP, SWE, and other organizations. And it just became all, just all heavy. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting off Instagram. I need a break. Because I kept seeing people on Instagram. You know, it's very, it's easy to compare yourself. I keep seeing, you know, people get married, people get engaged, people are having babies, people are in love. And I was mad. I was angry, you know, I just got out of a breakup and I don't want to see people happy. Like, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to be see people moving on with their lives. I'm angry. And I knew that that was not good. I told myself, okay, Paulina, you can't be angry at people for living their life. You need a break, mamas. And so I got off Instagram and I was like, I need time alone. And I kind of just took a break from social media. I just 
you know, dedicated myself to my work, to school, to the gym, hanging out with my girlfriends, have a nice drink with my girlfriends and just my girlfriends being there to support me and love me. And I was like, when I feel ready, I'll get back on. And I knew I wanted to come back on Instagram when I could be able to see all these other things and not compare myself because I knew I was in a weak state of mind. And again, Instagram, people only post what they want you to see. So when I came back to Instagram and I started seeing my friends get engaged and married and kids and all these things, I'm happy. I'm happy. They deserve to be happy. And I want them to be happy. And I want everyone to find their life partner or get their dream job or buy their dream home or have their fairy tale ending. That's what I want. I want other people to be happy. And that's when I knew, okay, okay, you can come back now (laughs) because I wasn't like that before, right? And it's very important to recognize that in yourself because mental health is important and mental health People forget, like, they're small triggers that people don't even know. And it, it, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of energy for you to say, I'm not in a good place, I'm hurt, I'm angry, and I need to walk away. And it also takes a lot of courage to go to someone like a therapist or your friend to say, I'm not okay. And I was not okay. And I reached out to my friends, and as you guys know, we've probably all been through a breakup or a hard time, and you go to your girlfriends and you say, I just need a hug and I just need someone to tell me I'm okay. And I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so inspiring, honestly. Thank you so much for for sharing that story. Um, It takes a lot of courage and vulnerability. It does. It does. And thank you for sharing that. (laughs) No, but I'm so glad you're doing better. (laughs) Doing a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. In in terms of, I guess, recognizing. (laughs) <laughs> the support network is so important yeah so so Absolutely. important yeah otherwise yeah it's tough to pull yourself out of the darkest places yeah and in terms of like recognizing i suppose um different sort of recognizing but when did you recognize that the, the stuff that you're doing has power to create change for latinas in a stem field Yeah, so I started, um, funny enough, a few years back, um, when I started Instagram, um, friends of mine today, Maritza and Amy, they run Engineering Gals, they're amazing, they reached out to me because I used to just post some stuff that I would do at work, like I'd post pictures of me in my steel toe boots or me working on machines in, in, in a mechanic or machine shop area, and they reached out and they're like, yo, like, what you're doing is really cool, there's not a lot of women who do this. And I thought it was kind of like, oh, well, I'm just a nerd. Like, I like working on machine operations. I like engineering systems. I like MATLAB, CAD, CATIA. Like, I like all these software programs. And I taught myself how to code. Like, mm, I just thought I'm just a nerd. And that's, like, that's my life. And they were like, why don't you keep talking about it? Because I'm sure there's other people who are like you that you don't know. So I made my account public. And little by little, I would just go on my Instagram or Instagram stories later on. And I would just talk about like, hi, I'm a very awkward. Like, hi, I'm Paulina and I'm an engineer. And today we're going to go on a construction site or, Hey, like we're going to talk about like noise dosimeters, or we're going to talk about X-ray and radiation exposures, or we're going to talk about chemical safety. And I would do it in Spanish and English. Cause well, I speak Spanish and I thought, why not? Wow. And so I got a lot of, you know, women and young men and and men in general, just people would reach out to me like, oh, damn, like I do that too at my company. And, and hey, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? Or people would say like, hey, can you recommend like a really good pair of safety shoes? I'm a woman and I can't find some good safety shoes. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, hey, here's a link. Like, this is where I get my safety shoes or this is where I get my safety gear, my PPE, right? Or some people would ask me questions like, oh, hey, you know how to code? Like, how do you break this code for like Python or C++? Oh, oh, this is what I did. Try it out. And it just became this conversation of back and forth of sharing with others with their similarities. And then out of nowhere, you know, I got a lot more people wanting to talk to me on a podcast or asking me to talk at universities for speaking events to just share their, share my story. And like I tell people all the time, I'm just a regular person going to work and going to school. <laughs> I'm not anything fancy, but it's very important, like you said, in the sense of storytelling, because I think it's also a good reminder that when I was a young girl, I didn't see a person like me. I didn't have a person like me. And I think if young Paulina saw a person like me, 
young Paulina would have said at a very young age, I want to be like her. I want to be an engineer. I didn't know that I could be an engineer. I never saw an engineer. I didn't know what an engineer was. And so now I constantly advocate, you know, for the youth about STEM, right? And engineering and, and just in that to inspire them and to answer any questions. If I can help anyone who has any questions on how to get to the top, I'm here to help you. So powerful because you're representing all Latinas. It's just like so much representation there. Just not females, but Latinas, the whole culture behind you. Thank and you, thank it's you. just making it more accessible. Yeah, so good. Thank you so much for coming today. I'm really happy. Thank you, thank you for having me. Thank really you, thank you. <laughs> Would you like to share any like breakthroughs that you have recently had? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So every, I'm sure like every, everyone can relate to this. So um, recently, because like I shared earlier, I've been going through a bad breakup. And of course, when you go through a bad breakup, you feel like the world is ending. You're like, oh my God, you know, I'm not, yeah, you know, it's been a hard time. And so I told myself, I was like, okay, you know what? I know it's a bad breakup. I know you still love that person. I know you still miss that person, but you deserve better. You deserve the love that you give. Just keep going to school, keep going to work, like keep, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Right. And so it's only, you know, been a short period of time, but in this short period of time, I already heard from my counselor from my school told me you're going to graduate early. My expected graduate date was actually supposed to be of September, 2024. And he was like, no, you're going to graduate December 2023. He's like, you've been doing a lot of classes. You've been working really hard. You're going to graduate early. So I was like, okay. Um, I recently was able to like pay off some credit card debt and work on my student loan. So now it's really low. I was like, okay. I'm working on trying to buy house number two. So, okay. You know, uh, I got... Um, not necessarily a promotion, but at work, I'm being included on more classified programs, which is really great for me and my professional development and to keep growing and do more partnerships with NASA. So, okay. So, you know, it sucks because I fell and I felt like my whole life ended, but at the same time, there's other little things happening in the background that are, that are really good. Like good things are coming, you know, and these are little things I don't tell people, but They're little small, they're small wins for me. And they've been helping me push forward to remind myself like, hey, you know what? Just because you don't have a man don't mean that your life is ending. Like you're going to buy your house. You're going to graduate. You're going to have a master's degree in engineering. You're going to be a top tier. I'm already a senior engineer. So I'm trying to become like a leadership role. So I'm going to become that manager position. You know, I'm just going to keep growing. And it's nice to see that because for a minute there I was in a dark place and I was like, Oh my God, all these bad things are happening, but no, things are looking up. Things are coming around. Things are looking fantastic. <laughs> congratulations on all Girl, these things. Congratulations. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. She's trying. It's so She's nice. Trying. Like when you get to see all the effort coming through. She's giving. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. thriving. Yeah. Yeah. My skin is glowing. My hair is growing. <laughs> <laughs> like those memes like oh when she gets out of a breakup like everything about her oh. <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm just trying to to do good things for myself and just keep doing good things keep doing good things keep doing good things that's all I want to do yeah. focus on you for you and exactly else will me myself come. and I. she's the queen so I have to remind myself other people as well thank you <laughs> thank you so now Should we go back to NASA? Because you brought it up and I have forgotten about it. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. With any silly, questions you want to ask. About it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is it like to work for NASA? And, yeah. And is, is there like a chance for you to go out of space? No. Well, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, here we go. So, I work for Lockheed Martin. And Lockheed Martin currently is tied in with a project with NASA. So I work for Lockheed, but I do collaborations with NASA. And so NASA has two divisions, space and aeronautics. I work on the aeronautics on the airplane side, right? 
And so for the airplanes and aeronautics and one of a cool project I'm very excited to talk about, you can go on my Instagram and on my highlights, we talk about it all the time. Um, it's called X-59, which X-59 is an unclassified program. We're allowed to talk about it. And at Lock Lockheed Martin, we're doing the manufacturing and the build. And NASA is our customer. So NASA, this plane is for NASA. And essentially, this is an experimental plane. It's a hypersonic plane. And the reason for X-59 or the goal of X-59 is X-59... Uh, and just any plane, when it takes off, it has a sonic boom. Um, we'll talk physics later on a sonic boom, but a sonic boom is pretty much breaking barrier of noise and is very, very loud, right? With the hypersonic plane, we want to reduce that sound level of the sonic boom to be as faint as closing a car door. So when you close your car door... That's how the sonic boom should sound, right? And the beauty of X-59 from its body to its nose shape, it's a very smooth, unique structure. And, and, and so that's what we're doing at Lockheed Martin is building X-59, getting it ready for NASA. At Lockheed, we'll do the testing, we'll do the flight testing. And as the ESH engineer, I, I am the main POC for this program meaning that I support all systems and functions related to environmental health and safety for X-59. And so I've been with X-59 now for like three years and I've been following her everywhere she goes and she's just beautiful and she's amazing. And it's really inspiring too, because X-59, when we had to do, um, I work on crane operations. So one of a cool project I had to do, I never did in my life, but literally getting a crane and picking up a whole goddamn plane with a crane and putting it on a truck because the truck had to drive all the way to Texas because it had to do some systems taste, uh, systems testing there. And when that time frame happened last year, it was around November, December last year, it was only me and one other uh, young woman. We were only two women, two women on production floor. And I remember looking around, it's like 50, like 50 men, 45 men, and we're the only two women. And I thought to myself, like, NASA, Lockheed, we have a problem, you know? But at the same time, yes. it was really cool <laughs> because I was on the NASA website, and there's my picture on the NASA website, like, being the only Latina on production floor. I'm the one and only Latina on production floor on X-59 supporting the program. And at first I was like, whatever. But now when I say it out loud, it's like, I'm the only Latina, only woman on NASA Lockheed Martin production floor supporting the program. Like, that's pretty fucking cool, you know? And one day, yeah. you know, I will tell my children and my grandchildren, be like, yeah, see that plane in the sky? I helped build that. I helped follow that. I helped make that. And the same thing, like, as we have all these other things, I've been part of our hybrid airship. I support F-22s, F-35s. You know, there's other planes that we work on. It's cool to be like one day, like, I I helped that. I did that. I I was involved with that. You know, these are stories to tell later in life, you know? So it's really exciting. 100%. I think that's something that we engineers is like so rewarding. You mm -hmm. you get to see what you design in real life and helping other people. So, yeah, but NASA working on airplanes was really to, um, supersonic <laughs> flights. I'm sorry, what was that? Do you think we're close to to getting to supersonic flights again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The technology yeah. is there. The engineering is there. The innovation is there. It's now just now we're at a part yeah. of, I would say, the biggest thing what I'm seeing in corporations is budget. You need to have funding. You have to have the budget. It requires a lot of testing. It requires a lot of support. And then with the right budget, with the right staff, I think it's 100% attainable. Um, we have amazing engineers out there. I mean, you guys yourselves, engineers speaking, we're out here. We're growing. We're developing. We're innovating. We're creating change. So it's just out there putting putting our brains together, getting the right funding, getting the right support. And I definitely see it happening in the future. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's one of those silences that is just like absorbing everything you said. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really wow. excited. Yeah, wow. definitely, guys, if you have a chance, just go to NASA's website and type in X59 or Lockheed X59. You can go to my Instagram on my highlights. I talk about X59 and the breakdowns on how it works um, from an engineering standpoint and how we build. And it's really, really cool. And it's really nice to just see it from its mm -hmm. skeleton body to now, you know, putting the wings on and putting the nose on and getting the pilot right. inside. And it's like coming together. It's like, 
<laughs> wow, no, I imagine. Wow. So, Would you say so that's cool. one of the most challenging things you've worked on this year? Oh, no. <laughs> I've had a lot of, <laughs> no, no, I've had a lot of some pretty big things, but because of the work that I do, uh, unfortunately, I can't talk about it. So we just say it's, it's classified work. So, but 10 years from now, maybe it'll come out and then I can talk about it. But yeah, that one is, we'll, I, interview you. we'll be waiting. I'll be like, you heard it that. first, yeah. <laughs> You heard it first right here, <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> but no, there's, there's always projects that I'm working on. There's always things that I'm doing. I'm working with so many different engineers on so many cool things. And it's just really exciting to see, like, you know, to see NASA, to see Northrop, to see Boeing, to see all these really cool aerospace sites, because where I live is considered aerospace valley. So I live in a community or town, I guess, city. Everywhere around is all aerospace. It's all the Air Force. It's all Boeing, Lockheed, Virgin Galactic, you name it. So... A lot of times when you go to this, you know, go to the local brewery, it's like, oh, you're from Boeing. Oh, you're from Virgin Galactic. Oh, you're from Northrop. And, you know, it's really nice to meet other engineers who are in the same common interest as you because it's like, you know, hopefully the dating pool will be easier. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it is nice. I love it. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I have to. I have to. <laughs> we do hope for these things. <laughs> yeah, we do. No one says it, but we do. <laughs> uh, like we're really smart. I swear. I know, but there's a lot behind the nerdy smile. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, that beautiful smile, nice. like your colleague said. <laughs> amazing advice with us um and honestly it's it's just like it makes me stop and think and be like okay I'm gonna implement these things but if you were to give advice to someone that was going to start the STEM career um and they were like looking to do it but they didn't know where to start or they didn't know sort of like whether STEM was the right field for them what what would you tell them oh so I would definitely advise to that individual, number one, if you want to do it, do it. You can so do it. You're 100% capable of doing it, but you need to believe in yourself. And you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. You're going to have days where you're going to cry over your homework and you're going to say, I want to quit and I hate this. And that's okay. And then you're going to have days where you're going to get an A on the exam and you're going to be like, hell yeah. And that's okay. But I want you to understand that you deserve it. You're capable of doing it. And I want you to go find your community, right? Big thing about um, within STEM, you need to find your community. You need to find a support group. You need to find your friends who support you, who are going to cheer you on. Because it's very, very hard to do it alone. It's very hard to just be your own cheerleader. Go get some a good community and also network. Go on LinkedIn. Go on Instagram. Go on TikTok. Go on Snapchat. Go on anything. And go find somebody who's doing something that you want to do and ask them those questions like, Hey, you're an ESH engineer. What, what is an ESH engineer? Because maybe you might be studying something and down the road, you might not even want to do it. So start off early, go, go find a good group of friends, go have a good time. Don't forget about to take care of your mental health, go get your good grades. Right. And just remind yourself that you absolutely can do it. For a long time, I thought every time I was doing very bad in thermodynamics, I was like, oh, my God, maybe I should drop out. Like, this is not for me. <laughs> but I kept pushing. I was like, C is passing. I just need to get a C. And, you know, like, <laughs> hey, I got a C. I failed OCHEM. I failed classes. And I still work for Lockheed and help NASA. It is possible. Okay? It's possible. You just can't give up on yourself. Like, do not give up on yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Especially with the great situation. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. There's a lot of women that, well, not just women. I feel like students just put a lot of pressure on their shoulders to get yeah. like the best grades. And if you don't get them, you feel like you don't know. Right. You're not worthy to be there. And still, I've had students tell me, do you, I think the biggest thing to remember is your grades do not define you, okay? You don't, when you do a job interview, because I do a lot of job interviews, I don't care about your grades. I'm sorry, but like, we do not ask for your report card. We do not ask for that. We just don't care that you can work, 
you know the work, you know the structure, you know the material, you know the information, and that you're going to work hard. So if you're stressing out over a class, it's not worth your mental health. Take care of your mental health. Check in with yourself. Take care of yourself first and just do what you can, but never hurt your mental health. Your grades do not define you. You are already special and you're already perfect just the way you are. Thank you. Great advice. Great Great advice. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I suppose, lastly on my part, um, if you could talk to like yourself when you just like, you know, graduated from your bachelor's or whatever, um, what would you tell younger Paulina? I tell her everything's going to be okay, Miha. Everything's going to be okay. Because for when I graduated, I remember when I graduated college, I was with someone and I was engaged and then I called off the engagement and then I was like, everyone thought I was like, oh my God, like you're going to call off a 10 year relationship and engagement. I was like, yeah, because this person did not respect me and this person wasn't good to me. And I, one thing I've learned about me is I always pick myself. I always pick my, I, I know what I'm worth. I know what I deserve. And I think men and women need to remember that at the end of the day, life is hard And you always need to pick you. You always have to remember what you deserve, what you're worth. You are a beautiful person inside and out and you deserve beautiful things in this world. And just always remember, sometimes life, life is hard and life does not get easier, but it's how you react to life. And you just have to have the faith and stay positive and remember that no matter what happens to you in life, that you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And if I told little Paulina today, girl. You're going to be all right, mama. You're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. <laughs> so resilient. So many um, challenges that you have overcome. And- I need a vacation. Come <laughs> <laughs> to Australia. I'm coming. I'm coming. Take me out, ladies. Take me out. <laughs> we'll go out, yes. Done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Us, you you should come to Australia and just let us know, and we'll take Literally. you out of your routine and we'll show you around. I'm coming. <laughs> oh, we'll less. take you to the beaches. We'll take you everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Say less. Say less. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, for like um our last section of the podcast, we have some like fun questions because, as you can tell, everything that we went through was a little bit, you know. Not, nothing surface level whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we just want to keep it fun for you and, and for the listeners as well. Um, I mean, we got great advice and great stories. So Thank now you. We're, let's, Thank let's just have a laugh. Get to know you. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Have a laugh because I haven't stopped laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I would love you to share your favorite memory from childhood. Ooh, my favorite uh, childhood memory. Uh, So, okay. So when I was little, um, my parents both had to work all the time. So my grandma was our babysitter. And so me and my brother were a year apart. And one thing about me, we would always be at my grandma's house. And my grandma only speaks Spanish. So it would be me, my brother, and my two other cousins because we'd all hang out. We were little. And so uh, my grandma, like a true Latina grandma, Whatever food she gives you, vas a comer todo. Like, you have to eat everything on the plate. You cannot get up and go play until all your food is done, right? And so what we would used to do to trick my grandma, we would always say, oh, you know, podemos ir al baño. Can we go to the bathroom? That's the only way to get out of, to get from the table. So my grandma would be like, okay, go to the bathroom. So I would go to the bathroom and I would hide in the bathroom. And then my brother would say, oh, I have to go to the bathroom too. So then my brother would come and hide with me. And then my cousin would be like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom too. Okay, and before you knew, we would all be in the bathroom just hiding, and my grandma would be like, oh, Jay, yes, you know, you're all in the bathroom hiding, like, get out of the bathroom, what are you? And we'd be little, you know, like, oh, we're all going caca right now, like, we're just going caca, like, we just don't know. <laughs> and my grandma would be like, no, you're not, you're lying, <laughs> you know, and just, the four of us were ruthless, man, I love my abuelita, I don't know how she, how she did that, but yeah, we would always find excuses, like, to go play, we just wanted to play, so we would just, ruthless, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so now it's funny as adults. I'm so like, oh, you're going caca? You remember they're doing caquita? <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's hilarious. <laughs> Do you have a favorite song at the moment? Ooh, a favorite song. Uh, shoot, that my okay, my song that I think was written to me, "Bad Buddy Gaita." Like that is my song. The beginning, it's like in translated in English, it says like in the very beginning, she calls up her friend because, or she goes to bed early because tomorrow morning she has to wake up and study. I was like, yep, that's me. And then it goes like, she's going to call her friend because she needs to go out. I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> so that's, that is uh, so my So what was it right called now. again? Sorry. Callerita. So. Callerita uh, by Bad Bunny. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know how to say it in English. Yeah, like that is my song. That is, that is 100% my song. <laughs> I love that song. I have to listen. I mean, make Sohan listen to it. It's really good. It's a good one. And you have to, you have to, right? There you go. You have to translate the words because the words is like, it's, it's literally currently my life, like going through a breakup, going to school, going to work. And all I want to do is just be happy, have fun, hang out with beautiful people, beautiful energy and smile. And that is that song. Like she just wants to go to the playa, go to the, go have a drink, enjoy good company. Hmm. Anything by Bad Bunny. We, uh, we, I know we're gonna get along. dancing. Next time I'm in LA. <laughs> Regatonera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. So, um, what's your favorite restaurant in Los Angeles? Ooh, my mother's house. <laughs> Like a true, yeah. like a true Latina. My mom is always cooking delicious food. You know, if I didn't say my mom, I would be a horrible daughter. <laughs> but no, there's there's tons of wonderful restaurants out here in Los Angeles. I mean, it just depends on what you like. I mean, I crave a good burger. I would say I because I live in uh, Los Angeles in California, so the classic is called an In and Out burger. A good burger is always good. <laughs> if not, eating at my mom's house is always yum. Yum. Yeah. Mm. Latinas, we like it to have the mom and the oh, grannies. Yeah. Some empanadas, some milanesa, some ropa vieja, un carnazada. Like, dude, I got it all. <laughs> ropa vieja. What is ropa vieja? Oh, ropa vieja. So ropa vieja is like also a Cuban dish, but it's also done in Uruguay. And it's like shredded beef with like arroz. It's almost like an arroz con pollo, pero it's con carne. And it's like just shredded beef with like carrots, vegetables, with like a, a juguito, like a red tomato base uh, liquido liquid. And it's like very flavorful with like sofrito, tomatoes and onions and white rice. And you eat it with like platanos, like plantains, like fried bananas. Mm, delicious. Mm, yum, yum. I was actually, I know we're in the fun question section, but I just thought, how did you end up in in like the United States? I just realized. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I'm so sorry for like derailing. <laughs> okay okay so funny enough like I was born here in the United States but my mom she came here to the so my mom she left with my grandma from Uruguay to Miami to Miami to Hollywood and they came here because at the time my grandma already had brothers and sisters here that came first so like any first generation I guess my grandma wanted to come to the United States to give my mom a better life so she, my mom came here I think at like nine I want to say nine ten and then my father's family's all from Mexico from Zacatecas and same thing they left Mexico came here for a better life my mom and my dad hooked up and then I was born here <laughs> yeah awesome thank you so much for the summary yeah. <laughs> now I know <laughs> no problem <laughs> so what do you do when you're not hustling Ooh, that's a good one. Right now it's going out. <laughs> going out. Like, <laughs> I try to call my girlfriend. That's it. I'm at la playa. Like, I have a cerveza in my hand. No. Um, right. I'd love to go hiking. I love to go camping. I love to be outdoors. Anything outdoors. Like, I'm a mountain girl. Like, I love, 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 love being outside. Um, as my mother would say in Spanish, eres una callejera. Like, I love to be in the streets like I love to just be outside and the same thing like especially now with this like breakup my friends are so supportive and they're just like get out of the house like you have to you know don't be cooped up in the house by yourself or don't be cooped up in the house sad so I'm very thankful for them because 
they'll come with me to the movies or they'll come with me to the store. So I'm just like not alone. So it's nice. Oh, nice. And the last one, um, what is the best quote you've heard recently? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, well, there's one that I've always said for a longest time and, and I still believe in it all the time I say it and it's, um, everything, nothing is permanent. Everything is temporary. Right. So, and that can apply to anything and everything in life. And I always have to remind myself, like even life in itself, this is temporary. Everything that we're doing today, like we all, it sounds morbid, but everything in life, like we all end up in the same place when we go like everything here is temporary nothing is permanent so enjoy what you have and it's a good reminder for myself like those moments when I feel sad or those moments where I feel like oh my god I'm not doing enough like hold on yes you are yes you are this is temporary enjoy enjoy the happiness enjoy the sad live the moment because one day you won't have it so life is too short just enjoy what you have and I think a lot of us forget to celebrate our our wins and celebrate the path and celebrate the journey and celebrate those small accomplishes what we do because sometimes we get so into the hustle culture or constantly moving where we forget to be like hey I pr I'm in a place where I prayed for I'm in a place where I used to like dream about So celebrate that. Remember, this is temporary. Nothing is permanent. And that goes with pain and happiness. I know I'm hurting, but it's temporary. One day I'm going to wake up and not be sad. And that's okay. That's a beauty about life. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much, Paulina. <laughs> Thank oh, you. It's a pleasure to so meet good. you and to have you here. Thank you so much. And once again, thank you so much. I can't wait to come to Australia. I'm definitely coming. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll have you here. <laughs>